don't you do that again because that makes me more comfortable. God, we love you. We praise you. Give you thanks and praise. One true God. Hallelujah. Well, aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Regardless who's preaching or teaching or doing what. We've all got one thing in common. We've got God. Happy to be here. Happy for the opportunity. As you're, uh, as you're turning in your Bible to uh, the book of Titus, second, book of, second chapter of the book of Titus, I want to give thanks to my pastor and give glory, honor, where glory and honor is due to him and his wife and family. Thank you for opening your pulpit and letting us, letting us uh, stand here and teach at this sacred desk. I do not take it lightly, never have, never have, because it seems like whenever... Whenever I get asked to preach or teach or whatever, the autom- it just, that automatic kind of kind of comes on you and you start getting nervous, or I do. Start getting nervous and uh, start getting like, what am I going to do? And I just, I just kind of have a ten- tendency myself to start shutting down. I mean, I shut everything down and everything starts to kind of start to channel and try to pray and fast and talk to God. Because it's one thing that I've, I've, I've always wanted to do, and the older I get and the more years I have in ministry, Brother Bowie, that I want to be a help. I don't I don't want to get up and take it lightly and don't want to just go through something that I found and piecemeal together or whatever. I, I, I take it serious. I really, really do, and I, I want to be a help. But I can't do that without God. So uh, while you're getting everything ready, I'm going to ask Pastor to pray, and if you will pray that for nothing else that we have a word from God and the anointing flow over me here today as I teach. Pastor, you. God, I love you, Jesus. Praise you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Titus chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. It says, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who, have, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. I want to talk today here for just a brief little while on that last little part, zealous of good works. You can put your Bibles aside, you can clap your hands and give the Lord a praise as you're being seated. zealous about God. Now the Bible talks throughout several, several places of being zealous. Some way in a good context, some in a bad. 
all depends on the context in which it is speaking. I want to speak for just a few moments on the good side of being zealous. I long to be a Christian full of passion and hunger and zeal. I've always believed of myself to be a worshiper. And each and every one of us, whether you're called to sing, whether you're called to preach, whether you're called to be a musician or one of the greatest Bible study teachers that you that could ever be, no matter what we all are, we are all, Brother Spanky, we're all supposed to be a worshiper for God. First and foremost, we are created to worship God. That's why he created us. Now, I have my own beliefs, and you probably have your own, and if they cross up, I apologize, and, and, and we'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that. Everybody has their own way to worship. I understand that. I do. Some people are limited in the, into the way they can worship, and God knows each and every one of those things. He knows it all. But I don't believe that you can get too much of a radical worshiper. Now, I understand everything has its place. It all has its place. I understand it. I'm not talking about being out of place. I'm, I'm not talking about just uh, doing stuff that is, that is out of place. But I do not believe that you can be too radical of a worshiper. I believe that a believer who is on fire for the Lord, and hungry and eager to learn and grow, I believe that one who is not ashamed of their faith, and are excited to share God's love and word with others. The Bible has a word for this kind of person, for this, for this kind of passion, for this kind of commitment. It is called zeal. Make sure I'm telling you everything right here. I don't want to get off track. Zeal is in a Intense enthusiasm or fervor. Zealous is a word derived from the Greek word zealous. zealous. To be zealous means to have an order or fervor or enthusiasm or passion of spirit. There's an energy and enthusiasm about one's faith of a person that is zealous or full of zeal. Most of these people that are, that are very zealous and full of zeal are hard to contain. They don't like to sit idly by when, when things are not happening. They're the, usually the one that you see that, that kind of makes everybody uncomfortable in a setting like right now. Where it's quiet and everybody's just kind of looking and listening. You take a real zealous person, somebody that is full of zeal and passion and hunger is usually that one that is standing to their feet or, or hollering or shouting or coming up front and everybody's kind of starting to squirm and go, man, that's, that's a person full of zeal and they're full of hunger. It's not that they mean to be make you uncomfortable anyway, and it's not that they mean anything out of, the, out, out of way. It's because they're so full of zeal and zealousness. A zealous believer is hungry for God's presence and they desire a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ more than anything. 
You can call them fanatical. You can call them radical, but they're zealous. They, they're full of zeal, and all they want to do is just be in the presence of God. All they want to do is just have a connection with God. That's all they're about. You can take some people, I myself have got a ton of hobbies, and it pulls me, and, and, and I, have to, I have to realign myself when I feel myself getting too pulled away, and, and I start losing sight of the main thing. I have to realign myself to keep the main thing, like Brother Tenney said, the main thing. But a zealous, zealous person, somebody that is just, just full of zeal and they're, they're full of passion and they're full of hunger, that person right there is just hard to get away from anything that has to do with the presence of God. They're full of zeal and they're full of passion and, and everything about them, they're eager to, to do things for God. They're eager to pursue and even defend Jesus Christ in everything that they do. They're they're full of zeal in a good way. They're full of zeal. They're zealous. Charles Spurgeon said to his ministry team in a, in a teaching setting that is recorded, he said, your whole life will be affected by the vigor of your piety. If your zeal grows dull, you will not pray as well in the pulpit. You will pray worse in the family. And the worst in the study, in your study alone. What was he trying to tell his team? He was trying to tell him that zeal affects everything in your life. If you are a person that is not full of zeal, if you're a person that is not zealous for God, it affects your whole relationship with God. To be zealous with God, I think, makes God smile. I think he looks at that and he sees somebody that is just radical for him. A person who is filled with godly zeal is always seems like they're on fire for God. They're, they're just always on fire and they're completely sold out. Completely sold out in everything they do. Think about this for a moment. A person with no zeal has no passion. And a person with no passion has no hunger. One with no hunger has no direction. Someone with no direction is not pursuing. If you are not pursuing, you're not moving forward. And if you are not moving forward, you are moving backwards. Zeal is a very, very, very important part of our relationship with God. If we stop getting excited about living for God, we stop getting excited about the house of God, then we're in a very, very vulnerable position. Now, I know excitement. I'm not trying to say it's all highs. I'm not trying to say that it's all just shouting and rolling and doing all that. No, I am not, although that is very important. I understand the importance of uh, uh, finding an altar and weeping and crying and, and repenting. And I understand that. That's that's where I, I, I love to be more so than any other place. I, I love that pull and that tug of God to be to be on my face in the carpet crying and with tears and everything. But, but there's something to be said about someone that stays always excited in their walk with God. 
I can remember my grandmother, and I've spoke of her often. It seems like her excitement and her zeal just never waned. In hardest of the times that I've seen, when she when she lost her daughter, when she lost her her her, her husband, when she lost just one after the other, and when when things just piled on and piled on to when you would think, my God, how much can you take? I never ever ever can can remember her saying, "This ain't worth it," or "God, why did you do this?" Never, not one time, can I stand here and tell you that I ever saw her doing that. Her faith never waned. It was full of zeal. It was full of passion. It was full of hunger until the day she died. I can remember me and Brother Mark Cotton was talking just the other day. My, my grandmother, some years before she passed away, uh, she, had, she had moved to town. She had moved off the river and, and up into town in a, in a little trailer right there by, by the town hall. And, and, and Brother Mark Cotton's shop is right there. His house is beyond that. So he spent a lot of time coming and going right there. And he told me just the other day, he said, I was just remembering the other day how, how, how Sister Inez would, would, would be in that little old trailer. And the trailer, it was just a tin hole is all it was. It wasn't what you could hear anything going on in it. He said, it don't matter how early of the morning time that, that you would get out and go to work, you could hear her in there just praying praying. And I'm not talking just barely talking to God. I'm talking about just, just passionate prayer. That's being full of zeal. That's being all of those years, never letting it wane, never letting it get off course, never, never, never letting it get dull to her. That's what I want to be. I want to be a person that's full of passion. I want to be a person that's full of zeal. And if I get to that point and I'm too outlandish, if I'm too radical, if I'm too zealous for somebody, I apologize to you for making you feel uncomfortable. But if that's what it takes, Brother Brick Case, if I have to make a fool for Christ's sake, for salvation's sake, it's, it's willingness to do it. Being full of zeal and passion and hunger will get us to the other side. You, we, it'll get us to the point to where you won't be so easily distracted. I say you, we, to where myself won't be so easily distracted by the things that the world has to offer, by the, the trappings and the entrapments that the world has to offer. You ever notice how, you ever notice how when you're doing, when you're walking and you're making stride with God, it don't take, you know, some little thing will come up and just pop up and catch your attention that you have no idea what that is or what it's about. And, and if you're not careful, you'll run off and you'll chase, you'll go right down that trail. Distraction has nothing to do with who you are. Something you may not even ever wanted to do or pursue one time in your life, but it hit right then at the right place and boy, you'll, you'll take to it. Distractions. Distractions. And if we're, if we're, if, if we're full of zeal and, and passion, even though we may go and chase for one minute or whatever, it don't take long to get back on track. If that is our focus, to, to, to stay full of hunger and passion. If we get bored with God and church, now I'm, gonna, I'm trying to teach, trying to get into a flow, and this is not something right here that hits, that hits really, really close with me that I can really say a lot about. And I'm going to try to shift gears. If we ever get a point to where we get so low on God that we get bored with God and with church, it becomes nothing more than a commonplace 
of mediocre fellowship for us. Mediocre at best. You can get to a point sitting right here on these pews for long, for year after year after year after year. And you can get to a point to where it becomes so common that you get bored in God. I remember I came sometime, come over to Wallace Ridge sometime around 2003, something like that. And, and when I came here, I, I came through and, and experienced some things that I had never experienced in my life. I came here and I tasted things that the way God moved and the Spirit of God and just, just things that I had never, ever seen or felt. And son, it lit something up inside of me. I can remember coming and I, I would sit over here. And I sat here for years. And man, I couldn't get enough. Preachers would come and preachers would go. And I man, I, I would I'd be on my I'd be on the front. I, I'd be just I'd be itching, just twitching, just 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 couldn't get enough of it. Because it shook something inside of me. It stoked a hunger inside of me and it and it stoked a passion inside of me that I just couldn't get enough. Couldn't get enough. I, I was full of zeal and, and I became zealous, Brother Brandon. I just I wanted all I could get. It was to a point to where I would go, I would go to the work and I'd be on be at the rig and, and I would be up on the top bunk in the in the bunkhouse. And I had a little CD player with earphones and I'd pop them earphones in and I'd go to sleep listening to anything I could listen to, God related. I would try to sleep listening to Revelations. Try that. I would plug in preaching. I would plug in singing. I couldn't get enough because I was full of zeal and hunger and passion. And what happens when you lose that? When it becomes dull with you and when it becomes bored with you and when it becomes second place. I'm so scared for my babies. My babies have been raised. Every one of my children have got the Holy Ghost there. I hear Right here. They've ever one got the Holy Ghost right here. And they've been raised in some of the best that you could go anywhere out there and find. But it's commonplace to them right now. When I was their age, I was sitting just soaking in, soaking in. Every evangelist that come along, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to comb my hair. I wanted to dress like him. My children don't do that. Oh, my God, that's my fault, Sister Stevenson. That's my fault because I don't do like what the Bible said. The Bible tells us, bring your children home and, and sit them around the table and talk to them. Tell them the stories. Keep it, keep, keep it burning in your home. Keep your family knowing. Keep them going. I let that rely on the Sunday school teachers. I let it rely on pastor. I don't do it like that. Why? Because the fervorness and the hunger is not there like it used to be to some of us. Me. Oh, my God, where will it take my children when my children come to a church that is powerful as this church and they hear a man of God that can come to the platform and break open the word and say, thus saith God, and my children don't even wink at it. How commonplace has it gotten to them to win the hunger and the passion and the fervor is not in my children and in my home the way it was when I was that age. I'm sorry if you don't think, if someone doesn't think zeal and zealous is important. I disagree. 
Some people may say it's shallow. Some people say it's not that much to it. I disagree. Brother Butch Davis, if zeal gets me to heaven and I can take my family by the hand and I can walk into the throne room of Jesus, then it was worth any offense that I caused here on earth. Ah. I want to stay excited. I want to stay passionate about the walk with God that I have. I want to stay excited when everything else is going wrong. I want excitement and zeal. I want it to turn in my life. I want it to churn. I pray, and I've, I've found myself praying this more and more and more. As the day goes by, God instills something inside of me that was inside of my sweet grandmother that I know I can wake at 3 and 4 in the morning, and I can pray and cry and scream. One of the best favors I heard it said the other day, one of the best favors you do to your children is to have is to, to sit there and open the Bible and watch let your children watch you read that Bible. I can remember my old grandpa sitting in the living room with not much on and with a Bible that he had done thumb through so much it was brittle. I'd watch him he'd, he'd fold it back around and he'd sit there and he'd call me he'd say. He'd say, Bimbo, you need to come over here and read with me. My God. When we were live streaming, when we were live streaming, I had to get myself and pull myself to a point to where I would make my family get around the kitchen table and say, you're going to put your YouTube and all of that up. You're going to do away. We're going to sit right here. We're going to watch the man of God preach. What am you saying? I'm saying I miss the zeal and I miss the passion and I miss the hunger and that pull that God used to have on me. It ain't God. God's still pulling and God's still tugging. But I'm, I'm, so, I'm so captivated by other things. I've got so many other irons in the fire, so to speak. I, I want to run and do this and I want to do that. Something else over there will catch my attention and I, I'll start making phone calls. I'll start studying. I'll start looking. I'll pursue that harder than I've ever pursued anything else. Huh. Zeal. Zeal and passion. I want passion. I want hunger. I want to have a zeal. I want a burden. Do you have a burden? Let me put you on the spot. How many of you, don't raise your hand. How many of you can sit right now in your mind and recall the burden that God's given you? Let's thank you. I'm praying. I don't have a burden like I used to have. I used to have a list of papers with names that I would read daily. I don't, oh, I want a burden. I want that burden that I like I used to have and beyond. I pray God put a burden on me. God put a burden on me. Take something else out of the way. If it's in the way, if it's a sin or weight that easily besets me, take it away, God. Fill my heart with burden. If you've got to take something away from me to keep me in check and to keep me from going, from going to a devil's hell of an eternity that I don't belong in, then T, please, please take it. 
put a burden on me. Give me zeal. Give me passion. Give me hunger. Give me a burden. Uh, we've got to be excited. You've got to stay excited. You've got to stay excited. You, you've not come all of this way. We've not come all of this way all these years, crossing all of this land for nothing. It's too late to turn back now. We're too far gone. It's, it's, it's too close to the end time to check up now and check out. If that was your plan, maybe you should have done it a long time ago. Now's not the time. Now's not the time for us to get complacent with God. I'm speaking to myself more than anybody. Now's not the time for me to get so sidetracked and narrow-minded that I start walking walking for the dollar and, and, and moving everywhere I can and going from this to that, chasing this and that. Now's not the time to get so distracted. Stay full of zeal. Stay full of fire. Keep a fire. Brother Jeremy talked about it, and it touched my soul, man. It, it did. It touched my soul the other night when he got up there, and he just, I'm used to Jeremy being Jeremy, just like everybody else, but it, there's something that's changed inside of him. He, he's become more. He's become something that God is shaping and molding, and he, he stood behind here, and he, he tried to kind of, he tried to kind of let a little Brother Jer Jeremy out, but the Brother Jeremy took over, and God took over, and he talked about fire and stoking it, and, it touched me. It touched me. I want to be on fire. I want to be on fire so much so that everywhere I go, I'm just like a flame that I just, something about me just reaches and it radiates and it makes, it makes things uncomfortable and it just, it consumes. I had to, I had one of the greatest disservices to me not too long ago. Some people that I work with. Oh, you're Pentecost? I didn't know that. You're, you're, you're apostolic? I didn't know that. And it may have been... They not heard me do nothing, say nothing wrong. They didn't see me do anything wrong. Not one thing. But the fact that they didn't radiate from me bothered me. <laughs> oh, it bothered me. Have I gotten so out of focus? Have I gotten to let my zeal, let it get so dull that people in the world look at me as somebody just like them? Oh. God, have mercy. Nothing, nothing is too radical. To keep your zeal and to keep your passion and to keep your hunger alive. Nothing, you hear me? Nothing is too radical to, when it comes to getting you and your family to heaven. Not when it comes to salvation. 
Oh, God. Got to get back on track. Think about, think about this. How long has it been since any of us, and I don't know, you may do this daily, okay? I'm not, I'm not pointing you out. You understand. I, how long has it been for this one right here that's got a, an awakening or something that, Midnight or one o'clock in the morning, that I up and decided to come up here to this, to this sanctuary, and just spend time with God alone, just me and Him. I said, brother Jamie, I can do that at my house. Yeah, you can, and I hope you do. I can do that driving down the road. Absolutely, you're absolutely correct. But how long has it been since the zeal of God? ate us up so much and we didn't want to leave a service. You remember those services to where it's so dynamic in, in here that the pastor gets up and he can't even dismiss. You've got people slain in the Holy Ghost, people over here laughing and, 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 and shouting and crying and somebody over here just laying down laughing. How long has it been since, since you've seen somebody slain in the Holy Ghost? Oh, How long has it been since, since you've gotten that place to where you just didn't want to leave. You didn't want to leave God. Oh, God, you didn't want to leave. You didn't want to just be away. You, all you wanted to do, you was ready at the drop of a dime. I, you, somebody could call and say, hey, I think we're going to go knock doors tomorrow. Hey, count me in. I had plans, but I'll cancel them. Count me in. How long has it been? How long has it been for this one right here when anybody would call and say, hey, we're going to go deliver this. We're going to go do this. And I'd say, what time? I'll scratch everything else. What time do you want me there? I've got so many things going on, Pastor. So many do's and so many don'ts. And it's like, it's like okay, you're going to go where and when? Let me see. I can juggle this. No, no. How long has it been? Since I've been so hungry and so passionate for God and my walk with God that, that I wanted to go, that I wanted to cancel everything and just go and do it. Just to be in God's presence at any point, any time I could be there. Oh, God. It's how David felt in Psalm 69 when he said, when he said, for the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. It's how Jesus felt when he, when he entered into the tabernacle at the time of the Passover. And, and, and he went into the, in the tabernacle and he drove out the money changers and threw over the tables. Why did he do that? Because he was so passionate about the Lord's house and what it was supposed to be. Matthew 2 and 17 says the disciples remember that it is written, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. How long has it been since we were so zealous and passionate about the house of God that it just consumed us? How long has it been since we've been consumed? Man, you can engage me in, in something that I, that I love and that I'm consumed about and I can talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. How long has it been? Since I've been that consumed about God. David said in Psalms 119, he called it a treasure. He said, with all my heart, 
I have sought you. With all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word have I hid in my heart so that I may not sin against thee. He called it a treasure. It was so valuable to him. With everything else that he had, with all the lands that he conquered, with, with everything that he had in his possessions and everything else to come after that point, he called it his treasure. God is love. God is treasure. The apostle Paul was so zealous that he was beaten, he was stoned. He was cast into prison and much, much more. You go study out things that the Apostle Paul went through and what he done. Why did he do that? It wasn't just because he just one day up and decided that, hey, I think I'll go on this journey. It's because God did such a radical change in his life. He became so zealous for God. So full of zeal and passion and hunger. He remained that way until his death. There's a story told of D.L. Moody that he was in London during one of his evangelistic tours. <clears throat> Several clergymen visited him and said they wanted to know how and why that this poorly educated man could be so effective in bringing crowds of people to Christ. The story goes that Moody took three Three of the men and told him to look out the window of his hotel room and all those people going, going by and tell him what he saw. And each one of them, one by one, took their turns describing what they saw, what the people, the, the surroundings, you know, everything that they saw. After they were done, said he walked to the window and looked, and one of them asked him what he saw. And his words is recorded with tears running down his face. He said, I see countless souls that will one day spend eternity in hell if they do not find the Savior. That passionate, that consumed, that even when a person looks across the crowd, they see things different than other people see them. I want to be like that. I want to be so consumed. I want to have so much zeal about me. That when I go somewhere, I see people different than others see them. I want to be consumed about it. I want that kind of passion. I want that kind of zeal. I think God honors that more than a lazy person, than, than what I've been accused of being, what I've, what I've done. Remember, I, God would rather guide and direct, maybe kind of pull the reins back on somebody, even kind of chastise somebody that is so full of zeal and passion. May have to steer them and may have to direct them a little bit. And may have to say, don't do this and don't do that. That's a little too much. That's a little out of order. I believe God would much rather do that than somebody that is lazy and that never lifts a finger to do something for God. I don't want to be that person. I want to go to heaven. I want so, so much spiritual zeal and so much passion. I want it to be like a fire in my bones. I want it to be like a fire in my bones. John Wesley said, somebody asked John Wesley how, how he was so 
while so many people came to watch him preach and teach, his response was simple. He said, I just set my soul on fire, myself on fire, and people will come and watch me burn. What's he saying? I'll give it all for Christ. And people will come. With everything that I've said, I want a hunger. I want a passion. I want it to consume me. I want it to eat me up. I want to be able to go out and look at the world different. I want a burden. I want a burden like I've never had before. I want a burden. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand? We'll turn it over.